Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Yeah. We're back in the present. And we've altered Finally. the timeline, so yay. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> At least we get to have something to commemorate the friends we met along the way. I mean, once we're done here and the time on the pyramid runs out, it's just going to float back into the sky again and no one's ever going to see it. Well, so new objective, <laughs> defeat Hakatep. Step one, defeat Hakatep. Step two, come back and remove all these tiles. <laughs> Step three, reconstruct them somewhere where everybody can see how awesome we are. <laughs> yeah, when last we left our heroes, the doorkeepers deep inside the crypt of Earth had made their way to the uh, the arena that they didn't even know was in here, at uh, which point they had a chance to meet with the overseer, uh, Mintu Nebif, as well as... Uh, his consort, whose name you never got, and she was possibly in charge. You're not entirely positive. She was cool. We liked her. You had decided to accept his challenge as far as managing to get a way out of here, as well as protect the uh, the two uh, enslaved individuals that were being forced to fight in the arena by battling against a bone golem, which proved to be no challenge to you guys whatsoever, just kind of illustrating how much you've grown since book three. I was going to yeah. say, it's like half the challenge rating of us, so... We didn't give it a chance to fight back. We were just like, no, step, 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 step. <laughs> And two brass golems who did prove to be uh, a decent challenge for the party. As far as pummeling you guys somewhat into the ground, although not nearly as badly as it could have been otherwise. I mean, we were fore being forewarned about what they what they were so that we could remember what their capabilities were made this a lot better because we could prepare. Mm -hmm. Forewarned is forearmed. It's true. And knowing is half the battle. The other half is violence. You then um, <laughs> managed to successfully defeat the two golems, although they did explode, keeping with that theme. Uh, they didn't blind you, though, so they missed out on that option. Woohoo! After defeating them, Mintu had congratulated you on your skill, and then uh, you had been dispatched back to your own timeline. Yep. To find a cool mural across the floor, depicting your, uh, your glorious victory. It was cool. <laughs> What makes me sad is that I'm pretty sure the guys we saved from the Bone Golem were probably the ones who made that. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe that's why they made you look extra hero heroic. Mm, so Maybe. there's that at least. We spared them for a day. Fair. I do want to go see if there's anything up with the cartouche that's hanging on. Yeah, we want to grab that for show. Yeah. So uh, I suppose as we start things back up, you stand here in this arena, stacked tiers filling the seats surrounding this recessed floor, forming this arena inside of a large chamber. Off towards the side, you see the two regal thrones now covered in dust made of limestone and sitting on the dais overlooking the arena, from the edge of which hangs an ancient looking chain and a small dangling amulet from it. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, gonna go, go check look at that it. out. Two shrinks back down to large size. <laughs> Anyone need to queue up? Oh, yeah, we had to healing time. Yep, everyone form a nice orderly queue. Uh, two at that point, we'll also heal everyone back up to full health. Yay! Assuming that you're not in a rush, he has the time to do that. Yep, we're not in a rush. Yeah, because there's no way that... I mean, we're going to have to backtrack all the way through all this stuff, so my mirror image is going to be gone regardless. Yeah. Uh, if you wish to ascend, make your way up to the, uh, the upper platform, walk over... The two thrones sit here. Each of the thrones themselves are beautifully crafted affairs, with the armrests forming forward into the heads of falcons, which perch up at the front of each one of the armrests. Fancy. And emblazoned across the back of each of these, carved into the back of each of these chairs, are uh, hieroglyphic designs denoting these as the thrones of Mintu Nebif and Bitibri. Picking up the object hanging from the throne... Uh, you may make a spellcraft check to identify it. Or feasibly take 10, whichever. I'm going to take 10 for a 36. This is an object known as a cartouche of distinctive warding. Oh, nice. This winged golden cartouche beaded with semi-precious stones. <laughs> Normally, a cartouche of distinctive warding functions as a ring of protection plus one and allows the wearer to use shield two times per day. Once per day, the wearer can write the name of a specific individual in ancient Osiriani hieroglyphs on the cartouche, the name must be the person's true name, not an alias, nickname, or title. Hmm. This causes the cartouche's regular powers to go dormant, but for the next hour, the wearer is protected against the inscribed individual in three ways. Oh, cool. The wearer gains a plus two deflection bonus to AC against all attacks made by the inscribed individual, including physical attacks and magic items and spells that require attack rolls. 
Wow. The wearer gains a plus two bonus on all saving throws against spells and effects cast or created by the inscribed individual. And the wearer gains a plus two bonus on opposed skill checks against the inscribed individual. At the end of one hour, the inscribed name fades and the cartouche loses all of its powers for 23 hours. <laughs> Note that the actions of the inscribed individual's allies, including minions or summoned creatures, are not subject to the cartouche's power. No getting a bonus from against everybody because you wrote Hakatep on the back. Yeah. <laughs> Which it, it actually is just an alias. It's not actually his actual name. So We know his actual name, though. Yeah, you'd have to write Ramos on there. That is what you find. Neato. Now, I have an amulet of natural armor plus four. I, I can't give that up for just a plus one. Yeah, yeah same. But I guess we'll backpack. Backpack. We'll backtrack to where <laughs> the uh, the time. You, know, you, you put an armor in the backpack. And yeah. And then we backtrack. Oh, back in the bag. Well, nobody's going to wear this. <laughs> I'll wear it. I don't have an amulet of natural armor. Oh, you don't? Oh, well, there you I go. do have an amulet of mummy detection and an amulet of Horus, but I switch those around sometimes. Well, there you right. go. And then you can have bonuses throw another against amulet the and stuff. You're just like Benny yeah. over there, rotating through all of your amulets when you fight Hakatep. <laughs> well, and let, let's be honest, Hakatep is most definitely going to be targeting the wizard first. Well, and I don't have natural armor at all, so if it... Oh, no, it's a deflection armor. I do have a it's ring It's deflection, yeah, so it's against your ring of protection. It's really mostly useful for that plus two to saves. Yeah. Yeah. So I suppose you collect yourselves? Yep. Turning, making your way back out of this chamber. You backtrack through the snaking hallway that you went through the first time to get here. Although now you find that the walls here are covered in rows upon rows of hieroglyphs. The standard usual prayers to the gods for the passage of the dead. From there, you return back to the chamber you're in previously to find that this grand chamber still holds a number of limestone sarcophagi in alcoves along the northern and southern walls. All of these fully carved now, decorated and painted. The entirety of this chamber looks much older than when you were here previously, of course. Yeah. The walls are covered in beautiful designs and markings and signs of prayers cover almost every available surface. In the center of the room is a large floor painting of a harvest scene, with Osiriani men and women collecting harvests from the bank of the Sphinx River and bringing them in preparation for the trip into the afterlife for their beloved Sky King. Who ended up being buried in here? Yeah, do any of them have names now? Uh, looking over all of this, these appear to have been the overseers. So these are the mm. burial tombs for everyone involved in the process of building this structure. Judging from what you know from what you spoke to Nahamar previously, who was conveniently absent, uh, you're going to assume that all these people were killed and then mummified upon Hakatep's death. I mean, we took care of one of them. Yep. Yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah, I guess back through the acid area. Okay. We go to the, uh, I think, what was it? There's a whole other side we didn't go into. Yes. Yeah. I like to think of this as a yeah. big, big trap, because honestly, nothing we needed was over here. <laughs> But yeah, so, you know, Narmer, he'll continue to, I guess, be a super soaker of acid. Yep, we do the acid <laughs> song and dance. So you wish to make your way back to the chamber, the hallway you are in before and Because uh, it kept spit going, and splash. right? Uh, yeah, it continues going past. Yeah, so we'll go back the other way. The, like, we went left, we want to go right now. Okay, so you don't want to continue along the passage that you're in? Yeah, keep going. Yeah, keep going. Oh, what? There's here. a whole other way? Yeah, it oh. goes. It keeps. We took the first turn that we found and wound oh, up doing the time well, warp. Okay, yeah. For, okay, forget about what I said and let's go do that because that's <laughs> now behind us. So south. Oh, you go. mean down. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't even realize. South. I forgot that was there, so. So you spent disintegrating your way through this, uh, again, this horrible hallway that you re entered that reeks of the smell of spoiled milk. Steadily splash Gross. your way along through it, um, trying to ignore the the burning sensation that just comes from the air as you go along here. Not in a uh, mechanically dealing you any damage so much as just inhaling it. It stings the eyes and burns the lungs as you make your way through. As you head south, it soon turns and makes its way to the left, to the east. Following this and continuing along, you find that it reaches a doorway off towards your left-hand side that leads back into the initial chamber you were in. Oh, okay. So it goes around. If you wish to follow it further. Yeah, yeah I guess we keep going down it. And... You continue to disintegrate down, finding a second doorway. 
continue to disintegrate down past that, finding it eventually turns to the left. So we're basically circling the original room that we came in. Looks mm-hmm. like it, yeah. yeah. Eventually you find that there's the left passage up ahead. And making your way, I assume, down to the end of the hallway and beginning to disintegrate down in that route. Yep. <laughs> you travel for a distance of some 60, 70 feet before it turns to the left again. Following that down, you find that it eventually leads to a door. This door is off to your left-hand side hmm. and takes you back around into the initial chamber that you entered. Okay, so we ended up going all the way around. So, wait a minute. We then missed if a that's... secret door or something. Yeah, I was going to say, we must have missed a secret door or something then. You want to do the loop again, but check for secret doors? The acid stuff isn't regrowing or anything, is it? No, it doesn't appear to. I mean, it seems like we've cleared this out. That has to be a secret door because we still haven't found the control pyramid thing. Mm-hmm. Unless we were supposed to do some chanting while we were circling this. <laughs> no thanks. I need to circle it 15 go times the, while Go chanting. back to the torture. <laughs> I mean, we also didn't search to see if there was a secret room, like secret chambers in the arena that we were in. I mean, maybe maybe there was one behind the two thrones or something. Like, I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, I guess we'll start going back through and searching for secret passages. Okay. Yeah, give it a thorough once over. Yeah. Yep. You can make a perception roll if you so wish to search this area for a secret passage. It will take you five minutes. Polish rolls an 18 for a 33. Sudi rolls a 13 for a 38. Masika's perception is not high enough to be of any assistance in this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Citra didn't roll all that great. I only got a six for a 25. Okay. How long does it take everybody to search? Five minutes? Yeah, if you're just rolling individually. No, honestly, if you're searching as a group, it takes the same amount of time. Yeah. Searching through? No. You don't see any signs of a secret passage. Nothing in the goo loop, I guess, back into uh, the chamber with all the sarcophagi? I mean, you searched it in the past, but you haven't searched in the present. Yeah, because I'm wondering if maybe they added something. Fair enough. It'll take you ten minutes to search. All right. Once more with feeling. Yeah, I'm not helpful this time. I rolled. Um... Masika is gonna plop down and use her uh, her automatic writing. So let me get everyone's results from their perception roll and uh, Heather phrase. Give me the exact phrasing of this question. I suppose starting with Hollis. Hollis rolled a one for a sixteen. <laughs> All right, not so great. Sudi rolls a nineteen, which gets me a forty-four. All right. Citra only rolled an eight for a twenty-seven. No, you see no signs of a secret door here. 15 minutes has now passed since your fight with the uh, golems just for tracking any spell durations. Um, so I can ask a question about a specific goal, event, or activity. Masika is going to ask how we find the control pyramid and the tomb of Earth in Hakatep's pyramid. So, Masika, you settle down. suppose everyone else is kind of circling around while Masika does her weird shaman thing, places her hand down, rolls out a sheet of parchment, weighs it down, dips some ink, holds her hand over that. After a long period, her hand finishes scribbling as all of you kind of reconvene, going, well, we found nothing. Uh, two would have assisted you guys in searching around with his plus 28 perception, so he would have taken 10 for a 38. Nice. Wow. Before I suppose Masika looks up from the, uh, the odd cryptic phrasing that she has received. Okay, so beyond the door of Kahabek, beyond the door of the Eater of Woe, through the ver- verminous barrier and witness the genius of Kenpathis. We've done that. Okay, right. Got that. From present to past, from past to present. Yeah, we've done that too. Return to where you began. So I guess we need to go back up to the entrance and then past the blossom, the lion, and the cobra. Show obstinance to enter the chamber of the Topaz Pyramid. Wait, go back to the beginning. So, it, wait, so did we just take room. a wrong turn? No, back to the room with all the hieroglyphics, I assume? No, that's the, the genius of, that's the genius of Kenpathies, is the room with all the writing. It would be so the very beginning, so the entrance, where I would we did imagine. all the chanting. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. And I said something about defiance? Obstinance. So, show obeisance to enter the chamber of the Topaz Pyramid. I imagine we're going to have to do a bunch more chanting and <laughs> well, we already did a bunch of chanting. Well, we should Apparently go see... Apparently we didn't chant in the right place. Or well, no, we had to do all that to get to the past to the 
and then back to the present. So we need to go back to the entryway. Maybe something's changed. You know, this all makes me think of a non-maze maze. Two strokes his beak contemplatively. What? Well, it's, it's a maze or even a warren of tunnels. A large part of the reason that you do that isn't even to actually stop your enemy. It is to slow them down. Everything here seems to be made for the express purpose to drain resources until you reach the end. So I suppose much as Earth is only steadily worn down by other things, the crypt of Earth is steadily wearing us down. Huh. I mean, I think you're right. Hmm. All right, well, back to the entrance. Masika rolls up the parchment and shoves it back in her bag. I suppose you will backtrack back to the uh, the chamber where you'd uh, found the writings of Kempathus. Yes, his genius. It's, his genius. It's so, it's so amazing. Sudi, so I assume you drop down the hole to make your way back through the uh, tunnel back to the opening yep. to the beginning area. Yep, back we go. As you do so, Sudi, you drop down. Get ready to head back to the direction that you came from until you notice something curious. The tunnel doesn't end here. Oh, they made a new Before, tunnel. Before, when you came here the first time, you reached this point, climbed up, and this was the end of the tunnel. But now a tunnel actually extends, continuing to make its way east. Which is why we had to go into the past so that mm. they would make this tunnel or something. Cool. That's weird, man. The tunnel does continue on, though. Trippy, I guess Sudi will look up at everybody and just go, well, there's now a new tunnel here, so I think that's the way we have to go. All right. And Sudi will lead the way with Citra close behind him, checking for traps because reasons. I assume you all drop down. There should still be a real crazy alchemist around here. That's true. Assuming he wasn't, like, dissolved in his own genius. <laughs> Let's hope that he was. Cool. That's gross. That wouldn't leave a lot to make an undead with. Good. Oh, what what if he just turned into that same, like, really stinky stuff that we all just burned through? Or at least you guys Oof. all think it's stinky. I don't actually have oil factory senses. But instead, oh. he became like a gelatinous cube of that stuff. But he's Well, smart. no, that's not good. Let's not talk about that in the universe. Oh, but that'd be really neat. No. Actually, I noticed recently, I don't think we've ever fought an ooze. No, Please don't jinx us. We don't lock them. They're bad. No, you can't talk about those things. Then you jinx This is Rick foreshadowing hard. We're fighting an ooze, an acid ooze. I mean, it is an acid, earthy place. It'd be really neat. Anyway. Narmer, quit breaking the fourth wall. (laughs) Narmer in the bag. He's going to mention such bad things. I suppose you turn, make your way down the passage. Following the tunnel for a distance of only about some maybe 50 or 60 feet or so. You find that the ceiling opens up here again. Again, all of you are crouched down, except for two who just shrinks down to three feet tall to make your way down the length of the passage. Before, I suppose, springing up, Sudi, you can easily uh, leap up and enter into the next room, if you so wish, once uh, Citra gives you the thumbs up, I imagine. I do so. You enter into a relatively, compared to the previous rooms you've been in, small chamber. The entirety of the chamber is circular. From one side to the other, about 25 feet across. Flower petals are painted around the edges of a of the five-foot-wide hole in the middle of this circular chamber, and a narrow corridor exits out of the room to the east, making its way further away, further in the same direction that you were making your way up until this point in the lower tunnel. The walls here are covered in a hieroglyphics depictions of the bounty of the River Sphinx. All of this under the what seems to be watchful gaze of four pyramids at the cardinal directions of this room, shining down light in a way that you believe shows either vigilance or maybe even protection for the people underneath their shadow. The room has an oddly peaceful feeling to it. You said we had to do what to the flower? Uh, Past the blossom, the lion, and the cobra. So I guess we just keep going. Well, I mean, I'll detect magic in here. Uh, if you wish to detect magic, you may. You can, of course, ignore the usual magical auras that protect everything else in this area. Mm-hmm. To note that there is an additional magical aura in this chamber. Magic. You may make a spellcraft if you so wish. I'm just going to take 10 for a 36. Also, anyone that wishes to may make me an alt religion. I mean, my religion is terrible, but I'll try. Yeah, I rolled a 6 for an 11. Uh, Masika rolls a 14, and that gets her a 30. Masika, looking over the room, you do notice one curious thing. The walls here, the flower, which is specifically designed to resemble that of a blue lotus, 
is a common flower along the river Sphinx and also associated with the Osirian deity Isis. Hmm. Actually, many of the symbols of this room are associated with Isis, the goddess of fertility, magic, and rebirth. Hollis, you realize that any creature that spends 15 minutes resting in this chamber will be healed of all afflictions and conditions as per the heal spell. Wow. Wow, okay. Uh, this does not heal hit point damage. However, any creature can also attempt an additional save against any curse, disease, or poison currently affecting them. An well, individual can only benefit from this ability once per week. I hate to inform you of this because I feel like it's a bad omen, but if we get poisoned or cursed or have afflictions, etc., etc., we can come here and it can heal us of it. A lot of this How? is symbolism of Isis, so that's not really too surprising. Hmm. Anyway, it takes 15 minutes, and I don't think any of us have any afflictions. No, but maybe something to come back to if we do catch something. Mm, yep. Uh, we are about to possibly face an alchemist. Don't they know things about poisons? That's true. Probably. I was going to say, it wouldn't necessarily be surprising to see a depiction of Isis for, or in a tomb, even a tomb of an individual like Hakatep, who worships Set. However, he was still the pharaoh, which made him the living horse. And Horus is the son of Isis. And Isis is all about uh, love and family. Yeah, I mean, he had a family. I'll give him that. They had a complicated family. Just a family. He had one. That's true. Shall we? Do you wish to make your way through the hallway? You yep, said yes. like a taga and a snake? A lion uh, and lion. a cobra. So maybe like what? Sekhmet and some snake one? What is it? Apep? Is, is that the Apep's evil snake? Or Wajet, which is yeah. good ones. Wajet's like nice good though. Snakes. I think Apep might be... Well, we don't know. It could be... Isis is good. I think it's more like... Not like necessarily good and bad snakes, but Wajet's more like water snakes. While I think Apep is more the snakes that you're going to find out in the desert that are likely to kill you. Good snakes and bad snakes. Wajet is the twin of the cult of the deceiver Apep. Other twins. Mm. Dwells in the papyrus marshes of the River Sphinx Delta. Is the nurture of the River Sphinx, personification of the spirits, guiding and guarding the ruler of Osirian, uh, etc. And basically good snakes. And then Apet is the deceiver. Uh, the twin of the benevolent Wajet. Uh, sinister world circling Apep symbolizes the dangers that lurk beneath the water. Uh, whirlpools, crocodiles, other lethal hazards. Uh, the boat crashing rapids, the drowning dark, the apocalyptic primordial devourer of the sun, light, and life. Hippos. Does either one of them have a cobra specifically as their sacred animal? Wadget specifically has the head of a cobra. Oh, well, maybe it's Wadget then. Maybe. Although technically the sacred animal of Wadget is actually the Uraeus, the double-headed mm. snake. But oh, to be fair, it's a double-headed cobra, so. Okay, I mean, that doesn't really inform what we might run into other than we might be fighting a giant snake. Well, hopefully nothing. Maybe it's just another worship room like this. Yeah, maybe. You make your way down the hallway, pushing on into a larger chamber. The chamber in question is again circular, although this one, unlike the previous one, is closer to about almost 50 feet from one side to another, so almost twice the size of the previous chamber. There's a central area in the center of the chamber that's about the size of the previous one, some 25 feet across, that is clear. And painted on the floor of the circular chamber is a stylized image of a recumbent lion. Cool. Dozens of miniature figures stand atop low platforms that ring the outside of this room. The figures of varying manufacture, some glazed clay, some carved and painted wood, others wax with chips of metal and colored stone wedged into their forms. There must be scores of them in here. A single huh. hallway exits the chamber to the north, off toward your left, towards your left-hand side. Uh, I'm like going to flip on my golem bane scarab and just kind of scan all of these and see if <laughs> these swarm. are golems. Because if it's a golem <laughs> swarm, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> That'd be wild. Uh, unfortunately, no. There are no. You don't sense any golems in here. That's a good thing. That's not unfortunate. That's very fortunate. <laughs> What's the deal with them? I want to look at them. I don't know. Why everyone's I'll scan them with magic detection, I guess. Sure. I'll see if they're magic. But also, like, do they look like they're like a set, even though they're made out of different stuff? Or they're just like hodgepodge in here? Anyone that wishes to may make me a knowledge religion or knowledge history. Looking them over with detect magic, you note that every one of these 70 radiates a very faint abjuration magic. I wonder if it's just to preserve them. I'm going to focus on that. Although I do roll a six for a 32 religion. I roll a natural one for a nine history. 
Um, Sika Gosh. rolls a 16 for a 32 on her religion. Both of you, not Sudi. <laughs> <laughs> Although technically, I think Sudi and Citra are somewhat aware of this from previous adventures that they had together back in Wati. Mm-hmm. Are aware that these are Ushapti, oh. the funerary figurines used in Osiriani funerary practices. They are placed in tombs among the grave goods and are intended to act as servants and minions for the deceased in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ushapti different than Shabti, which are the supposed replacements for people who Correct. didn't want to go to their afterlife. Huh. Focusing with your detect magic, each of these have some form of magic, although it is not a magic-specific ability. It's almost like these things have been made magical just for the purpose of being magical. Although huh. it's possible that they may somehow much akin to the uh, the helmet that you were previously wearing be one part of a magical hole that could be activated elsewhere. Hmm. Interesting. I'm not taking 70 little statues. Hollis is studying that, so anyone else that wishes to may make me a perception roll. I roll an 18, which gets me a 43. I roll an 11 for a 30. Citra Sudi, neither of you are specifically aware of what the importance of this might be. But the depiction of the lion on the ground seems to hold in its mouth a broken arrow. An arrow that has been snapped in half. On the side closest to you, you can see the shaft and the fletching. And on the basically on the opposite side of the lion's head, you can see the shaft and the arrowhead. But it looks like the lion has bitten through it. So do one of these little Ushabdi have an arrow in it? <laughs> or on it? Uh, you can search through them if you so wish. Certainly. It will require a perception roll, and we'll take 20 minutes. Is a room full of a ton of them. Yeah, okay, let's do it. I mean, at this point, all of our magical (laughs) protections are gone anyway, so. Yeah. No, we had 45 minutes on that, so that was minus 15, so that was 30. We'll have 10 minutes left after this. I mean, Narmer Narmer has a good perception. He can help search once, you know, you tell him what you're looking for. Masika's useless, though. I'll help Hmm. search when I'm done doing my magics. Yep, but I roll a perfect 20 for a 45. Uh, Narmer rolls an 18 for a 36. I also roll a perfect 20. Nice. For a 35. Uh, y'all all beat me. I, I rolled another 11 for a 30. <laughs> Masika's off to the side, resisting the urge to pick up two while he's three feet tall because OMG. <laughs> <laughs> he's only like a foot and a half shorter than you. You search through here. Look to see if any of these have arrows. They don't. Circle back around, look to see if any of them have distinctive items or something that's more useful, but you don't find anything specifically that relates to this. Sudi, after about 20 minutes of searching or so, you stop, look at one of the Ushapti, look back at the picture of the lion, look back at the Ushapti, step back, kneel on the lion's head. Don't need to close one eye, because, you know. (laughs) One Ushapti stands slightly apart from all of the rest. And curiously, it lines up exactly with the arrowhead in the mouth of this lion. Hey, Citra, I think I found something. The, this one, the arrow is pointing at this one, and it is ever so slightly taller. It's not the same as the rest. Uh, let me have a look. Citra will make sure it's not going to blow up in our faces. Looking it over? No. At first glance, it looks to be almost identical to all of the other ones that you've seen up until this point. Until that is, you look a little closer. And then you notice something curious. Many of these Usapti are holding items. Shovels or hoes or threshing tools. Basically, things that they would use for manual labor in the afterlife in service to their pharaoh. Initially, this one looks to be holding a staff. But as you pick this up and look at it, you realize that it's not a staff. The Usapti is holding by the neck a cobra, as if holding it back or strangling it. Hmm. Huh. Good eye, Sudi. Huh. I don't know what to do with it, but good eye. I don't know. Maybe it's helpful in dealing with this cobra thing, because, you know, it's got the whole grabbing the snake thing. It's possible. I don't know. Hollis, is this any different than any of the others? Hollis looks at it. Like, is it now that we picked it up, maybe somehow more magical or something? I mean, the magical aura on this looks to be identical to the other ones. I don't know. I mean, it is magical, but let's just take it with us. Maybe we need it for the next room. Yeah, maybe. I guess we'll move on, because I don't feel like there's anything else for us to do in here? Yeah. I'd say that we uh, trek on and see and if... And uh... that will hopefully become useful later. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> you turn. Make your way out of the northern exit from this chamber. Make your way down a short hallway of some 35 feet. 
that leads into another circular chamber. As you begin to approach the chamber, you can look inside and see that the chamber beyond is some 25 feet across. Circular. Again, like the previous ones that you've been through. The floor here is covered in a simple hieroglyph of a rearing cobra. The walls here are covered in what honestly it looks like almost two scenes. At about shoulder level around the outside of the room is a line, somewhat disturbed, as if intentionally made to look like waves. Above this line, from a height of about five feet, you can see the banks of the river, people going about their business. Oh, so it's both snakes. Below the line, however, you can see the underwater of the river, filled with crocodiles and serpents and large toothed fish and catfishes. <laughs> Specifically catfish. Cool. Masika nudges an armor and points at the catfish. Finally, the respect we deserved. Sudi, <laughs> <laughs> as you begin to make your way into the room, Citra, go ahead and give me a perception roll. You can, uh, you can add that trap finding bonus if you wish. There it is. Good roll, I take it. Uh, yeah, that was a natural the 20. Critical. Nice! <laughs> uh, which Boy, gets me trap. a 46. Good gracious. With a 46, you shoot out a hand, grab onto Sudi's tail, pull him back a little bit. You realize that the chamber beyond is trapped. As you narrow your eyes, you look across the distance of the chamber. Again, with your, uh, your goggles of night vision, no longer needing a light source. Taking you back, back, way, way back to when you'd enter the tomb of Akintepi. What? Oh, wow. Okay. You Throw notice back. small circular indentations in the walls, <laughs> approximately the size of maybe a small arrow or a blow dart, mm. cleverly hidden uh. in the mouths of the serpents underneath the water's level. Oh, to crunch the arrow, you got to have the shopty. You know, like the lion biting the arrow and the shopty mm. holding the snake. Yeah, yeah. So, um... It's going to shoot us if we walk in, unless I disable it from here, or I'm pretty sure the cobra you're holding will ward it off. But if we don't trust it, I can just, you know, tinker. I mean, I think we should go ahead and try to tinker, because I don't trust that this is going to do anything. I mean, well, it does oh, have said magic it's not especially it. magic. You said it's not especially magical, but how is this going to protect me from a, a bunch of arrows or darts? It's magical the same way this helmet was magical before we put it on one of them statues. Like it was like incomplete. So something you do something with it and it be then could be complete. So what I mean is it's not going to just shoot and not hit us. If you have that, it won't shoot at all. Oh, so like if you have the holy symbol and the golem won't attack you in exactly. a place. Okay. <laughs> I mean, do we want me to risk it? Because I mean, I'm pretty agile, so I might be able to get the... Way from Don't you have arrow catching them. also? I have arrow catching, but it's only for shooting. individual darts. It's not for all of the darts. <laughs> Catch one arrow. I get one whole dart. I mean, it feels like we have the right item. Yeah. I think we should try it. Okay. I guess uh, everybody duck in case any of the arrows come back into here. All right. Sudi will hold his little, the little uh, shop uh, tea out it. Just kind of walk in like half crouched, like he's ready to spring up onto a wall. <laughs> it's a very undignified position. <laughs> Crouching, making your way forward, holding the thing up in front of you. No, nothing happens. You can easily cross the room to the exit on the western face and see that the hallway continues on past that, seemingly into another circular chamber. Huh, looks like it worked. There's another chamber past here, which, you know, past the cobra and all of that. Uh, do you think you need this specific... Ushapti, or do you think any of those over there would work? I'm betting it's one. the specific one. But can the rest of us go in the room? Or is it just a one person at a time situation? Like, do I have to stand in the center of the room so that it doesn't trigger? All right, Sudi, come back in the room. Okay, I go back in the room, and I guess I'll, again, hold the, <laughs> the Ushapti up in just the center of the room and just hope that it doesn't like as soon as the second person comes in I don't get skewered yep, Sudi so walks back in multi-pass and like holds it up and waves Sudi it around Sudi, multi-pass. with Sudi in the room Masika will step inside Masika you step forward inside yep there's a soft sound yep a bolt streaks across the distance a 31 does that strike you no just regular old AC uh uh so an arrow thunks into your magical wards and protection before bouncing off. 
You can hear a soft clicking sound in all of the surrounding walls. Kind of like a repeating crossbows winding up behind the walls <laughs> as I assume you step back out of the chamber. If I can make it down the other hallway, Masika's just going to run to the other hallway. Yeah. Okay, so what have we learned? Everybody go back and get the new shop tea. I think it's only the one that's going to work. I don't think one. it's all of them. I think it's just that one. Citrus yeah. starts disarming said trap. <laughs> okay. I like that we, we got device. one arrow and we're like, nope, that's a death trap. Yep. Not worth it. Well, I start with a 33. I rolled a 15. I got a 48 to disable this trap. You think it's safe? Citra will test her handiwork. Trotting inside? Yes, yeah, trotting. Looks Thump. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, I guess we form back up now. Never knowing the answer of how to actually, if it was bypassed by any <laughs> of these shops here or not, although I think it was, because they all had an itty bitty baby bit of magic. Uh, they all have itty bitty baby magic to throw you off, so you think everybody's good. Yeah. Mm, maybe. We're in Hakatep's pyramid. Think about it. <laughs> no, the only person who would want to be here is Hakatep. Hakatep's like, with my godlike magic power, I just teleport to the room that I want to be in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Except he made it impossible to teleport to rooms. Except for. He has a bypass. People that know the bypass for it. Yeah. <laughs> right. He can bypass all of this, and he could teleport right down here right now and start killing us. I got to learn the bypass if we do nothing else, because then I can come back anytime I want to continue my studies. <laughs> Once we clear this I place mean, up. technically, you can always come back to one of the entrances. Well, yeah. It's only the interior or the, the walls that are warded. That's no fun. Making your way forward. From here, you travel down a short hallway, ending in a circular chamber. 25 feet across. Another exit exits opposite of the chamber, so basically continuing on its way to the west. In the oh. center of the chamber, you see an extraordinarily elaborate painting of a pharaoh figure standing against a solar disk, covering the entire floor of the circular chamber. Anyone that wishes to, peeking around Sudi's shoulder and glancing into the chamber, may make me a perception roll. Uh, Citra, if you want to make a second perception roll, and go ahead and have that trap find again. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I rolled a 15. No, sorry. I rolled an 18 for a 33. Uh, Sudi rolls an 8, which is also a 33. Sika is not going to look, but Narmer is, and he rolls a 17 for a 35. Citra rolls a 16 for a 42 to find the trap in the room. Nice. You can also make a separate perception roll for the other thing. So we're supposed to show, like, obedience, right? So maybe we have to bow and crawl. Say a special phrase of honor? No, remember it was show obedience to enter the chamber of the Topaz Pyramid. I thought it was a different ah. word than obedience. 14 for a 33. Okay. A lot of 33s on that roll. Yeah. So everyone except for Masika, who didn't roll, but Narmer, as well as uh, 2 took 10 for a 38, <laughs> sees that amongst the kingly figure's crown are cleverly hidden subtle hieroglyphs. These hieroglyphs read... Abase yourself, mortals. Okay, you probably have to be on the ground for this. I gotta do the uh, shuffle. Citra, you can also tell this chamber's trapped. I do the worm. Uh, there appears save. to be some sort of magical trap in this chamber. It seems to activate if someone attempts to cross the central portion of the chamber without performing some form of bypass. But I don't know what the bypass is. Multipass? It's probably <laughs> bowing, but I don't want to bow to him. Eh, just disable it. Yeah, can I disable the trap? Or bypass it? Just for spite. Yeah, you can attempt to disable it. Uh, once again, I start with 33. I only rolled a 10, but that still gets me a 43. After checking around, speaking the command word for your bracers, letting them drop, bring out some dust, dusting around here, finding the magical runes, scratching through them until you can manage to disable the magical runes and wards, you are able to successfully disable the trap of this chamber, which seems to have affected the entirety of this room. Uh, and appears to be some form of teleportation trap. <laughs> oh, nice. Exactly where it would teleport you, you have no idea. Straight into the acid. Well. Spit you smack down in front of Hakatep so he can make you kneel. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would have transported us somewhere, but I'm pretty sure that it's deactivated. Well, good. All right, well, the chamber of the Topaz Pyramid should be next, assuming Ta was uh, being pretty straightforward this time around. Are those chances good? Well, so far. 
we we went past the blossom and the lion and the cobra, and we were just supposed to show respect to the pharaoh to get through here. So and we uh, we showed some kind of respect, sure. He said he wanted to challenge us. He did not say how we had to complete the challenge. That sure? point. We are within the rules of this engagement. No, we should probably be ready to, like, you know, fight the general like it's been every other time we've come to the, you know, control pyramids. Certainly. Oh, there's a general? Yeah. Ah. Each one of the each one of the pyramids has been guarded by the general in charge of the four pyramids that the fancy pyramid controls. Huh. Mm-hmm. I've never fought an evil general before. Yep, evil See, general. See, aren't you glad you decided to come with us? <laughs> I mean, so far, it's been a lot of fun. See, it is. And not a single thing needed to be uh, uh, censored. We haven't gotten to the wife's place yet. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Can we just redact her? Can you redact people? Like, if they're so bad, you can just redact (laughs) the whole person. She's this undead monstrosity, and he's just (laughs) like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, destruction. Sorry, the divine thing. Destruction. It is very rare for us extenders to be required to redact a person. Rare, but not unheard of. What if they worship the darkness, you know, from beyond space and time and sacrifice babies? Well, that's the thing is you have to understand exactly what we redact. So, for instance, an evil person doing evil isn't enough for us to redact. It has to be something that will corrupts the very soul of an individual. I mean, that's like if I could find one of those, uh, what do they call them? The Necronomicons or something like that. I would redact that in a heartbeat. Oh, sure. She probably would have it if anybody would here in Osirian. Oh, yeah. And, and I would definitely like to get my hands on that. But cool. uh, although, actually, I think it was written after she was born. But still, if uh, we can find any of the other evil tomes that she has access to, I would uh, I would love to. But it's very rare that we have to redact an individual. But it, what you're telling me is it can be done. <laughs> there have been occasions in the past where we have been dispatched to erase all knowledge of an individual. Sometimes while the individual's still alive and just make everyone who knew them forget them. Like Wait, didn't you say that you did this for Hakatap? I ate it in the process, yes. But in that case, we were summoned by the church and asked to do that as part of the church. So it wasn't necessarily my duty. literal duty so much uh, as it was a job for the church. I see. I see. It wasn't like innately compelled. Correct. But oh. if there was someone that was just utterly corrupting someone, I mean, I can only think of one instance, but that pertains to a great old one. And I literally can't mention their name. That's Otherwise, fair. I would be forced to erase your memory. Yeah, don't do that. I don't want to do that. I'm so curious which great old one that is. Probably the one that having knowledge of the name. Yeah. yeah the, one with the knowledge of the name makes them immortal yep. or whatever. As long as one person knows is their name. Yep. It will yeah, exist. I know that one. <laughs> anyway, I guess we should stop talking about this and should instead go fight this general. Oh, probably. I'm looking forward to it. There's usually something guarding the, the control pyramid. So everybody ready? Two knots flicking I mean, back on the as fire. Ready on his as sword. We're gonna be. Yeah. Sudi cracks his knuckles. Looks over his shoulder, sees everybody's ready. Forward and unto the general, I guess. Maybe? You press forward and make your way into a large, grand chamber. Filled with baycocks. Full of baycocks. 24 (laughs) baycocks. I leave and Hakatev can just have a Syrian at this point. Each of them strangely with a heavy repeating crossbow. Oh, and they're all invisible. (laughs) Oh, God. They also all have levels of Inquisitor. Uh, no. Uh-oh. Good gracious. Instead, you enter into a large and spacious chamber, a grand chamber, hazy, with aromatic smoke of incense, drifting softly along the floor of this room. Four large columns covered in carved hieroglyphs stretch up to support the ceiling overhead, beautiful in shades of red and blue. The surrounding walls have matching hieroglyphs covering their surfaces, and at the center of the room, off towards the left and right, you can see two large humanoid statues with the heads of long-horned bulls standing in alcoves. In the center of the room is a simple bull hieroglyph painted on the floor in a shimmering metallic gold. On the far end of the chamber, you see a crystalline topaz pyramid glowing softly surrounded with motes of soft light, pulsing with a bright amber glow in its center. A single figure sits in this room. On the far side of the chamber, you see 
a woman literally painful to look upon. The woman, every inch of her body horribly burned by acid and covered with scars. Good gracious. She wears a broad skirt of rich red silk that drapes down to the floor, decorated with dozens of small gems and dizzying designs in golden thread. And an elaborate black wig of classic Osiriani design sits upon her head. The woman stands chained from her waist to a column on the far side of the room. Oh, maybe that's just sure, sister. The most immediately noticeable thing is about her neck hangs a symbol of a crook and flell, the ancient symbol for the Lord of the Living, the god Osiris. Interesting. The woman almost seems to come out of a haze or stupor. You're here. My suffering was not in vain. Um, who are you? Are you Jashura's sister? Wait, what? No. Okay. I'm not the sister of the of the poisoner of the Plague Queen. I am Eshin Tiba. She on her list. No. Uh, no. Oh, okay. Sworn priestess of Osiris and prisoned here and tormented for millennia by the set worshipping Sky Pharaoh for the heresy of my faith. Are you here in opposition to the Sky Pharaoh? I want to sense motive on her. You may sense motive if so wish. Hey. All right. I roll a 17 for a 32. I roll a 9 for an 18. I have no idea. Yeah, Masika rolls a 12 for a 20. Uh, I also get a 13 for a 32. She seems to be telling the truth. Why would they chain you up in here for eternity? She opens her mouth before the light behind you grows in intensity. Oh, oh hey. Two doubles in size to the point uh, where he is nearly 12 feet tall. Guy Lu, mother of pain, maiden of miscarriage. Oh, shit. Jesus. Your tricks won't help you here. Ooh. The woman stops. We love to. To the best. The chain behind her disappears and the amulet around her neck fades out of existence. Uh Uh-huh. She narrows her eyes. Exinder, servant of heaven. (laughs) Weren't expecting that, were you? Uh Aha. I will admit it is a surprise. Good. I had hoped for more easily manipulatable fools. We've been through too much to be that easily manipulated. We all just believed her. <laughs> it's true, but we did think it was weird. Yeah, we were still questioning it. We were using our critical thinking skills, even if it was taking us a minute. The scars across her body disappear. And in their place is a beautiful bronze-skinned woman with piercing eyes and what looked to be six-inch-long fingernails wow. formed Ew. into talons on each of her hands. The woman hovers up into the air her skirt billowing out, revealing that beneath it is not legs, but a mass of octopus-like tentacles, oh, so which splay out from around her. She's an Ursula. What the hell? She two. How do we kill it? Uh, I'll show you. He hefts his weapon and closes, <laughs> and I will need initiative from the party. Yeah, I think he's excited for this. And he I think her. that that means that he that she has a friend also. What evil? Uh-uh. <laughs> He bristled what? and got real true, big. True seeing, you're an octopus lady. Ah, she's cool. But she's not an alchemist. She wasn't on the list. You I don't think Glyku was on the list. I'm still on the lookout for that Galdern alchemist. What that is, was she's a weird. Glyku? Is that what she's called? Glyku is what he referred to her as. Which is either her name or her type. It's probably her type because he called. Yeah. she called him by... Exander. Yeah. Well, didn't know his name. They both either. made their successful knowledge of the planes checks on one another. <laughs> well, now I want to make my own when I get a chance. All right, Hollis Starkweather. Hollis rolls a thirteen for a twenty. Sudi Contour. Sudi rolls a four for a ten. He was quite surprised. Masika you were like, "Oh no, the, the lady, she needs help." Uh, Masika rolls eleven for a thirteen. Citra Nahamra. Uh, Citra rolled a thirteen for a nineteen. Who's got his angry face on now? Yep. Little frowny face. And his roles reflected. He is not having this. Really, you just need to bring an outsider with true seeing because it pays off every time. Oh, yeah, it's paid off in mm-hmm. spades. Again, just having two has paid off in spades. We love two. Two the best. Two is number one. <laughs> 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 
I'm not sure what that is a reference to, but I know it's a reference to something. Is that a reference to something? I, I, I remember hearing it as like a chant, probably from The Simpsons or something. Combat begins. The woman gets first initiative. She too fast. Too furious? <laughs> she steps back, narrows her eyes at two, oh. before extending up a hand into the air and calling upon her furies. No, no, baby. The air shifts. And there is an explosion of light and the smell of blood as three creatures step through rents in space. Ah, crud. She's got friends. Three figures appear, each one of them strikingly beautiful, although disturbing in appearance. Their skin has the pallid white of a corpse. Their hair's raven black. Each of them spread blood red angelic wings as they take up to the air, hefting their flaming longbows as they pull arrows, knock, and begin to open fire. Oh, Are not this Aranese? again. Maybe. It might be Aranese. Okay, we should still have like a minute or two left of our fire resistance, so everyone keep that in mind. Yeah, I'll say you have five minutes left. I guess it wasn't everyone. It was really just Masika and I, so. Well, and Sudi. No. No, and Sudi? Yes, and Sudi. Yeah. yeah, it was like and Sudi and Armor. And Armor, yes, of course. All right, we'll try a couple of things here. So uh, the first one is going to fire an arrow at Sudi. Okay, I'm flat-footed. Oh, you can't catch oh, it. Oh, Sudi. Oh, nuts. I want to play a monk once just so I can focus on catching things and throwing them back. I don't think I can catch <laughs> them if I'm not aware of them. I know, it's just it's such a fun thing to me. That is a 28 to hit Sudi Kantar's flat-footed AC. Ah, sadly it hits. A flaming arrow streaks across the distance, slams into Sudi Kantar... Oh, that's not too bad. Dealing seven points of damage as the arrow strikes into okay. you. The second one soars up. It will also target Sudi. Mm, that's fine. This is regular damage, right? Not fire damage? This is regular damage. Okay. I didn't worry about the fire damage because they can't do enough with the fire damage to get through the fire resistance you have. Okay. This woman flies up, pulls free a length of red rope from her waist and hurls it across the distance at Sudi. She lasso me. As the rope made from her own hair animates Ooh. and begins to wrap around. Weird. That is a 22 to hit uh, your... Okay, then I have a 20. So yeah, that hits me. Uh, so this flies across the distance, animates. I don't know if they're Irenees, because I don't remember Irenees doing this. Mm. They're Irenees. Although, I also don't remember playing like fighting Irenees. <laughs> like, ever. <laughs> uh, so this falls at your feet, at which point it shoots up, wraps around Sudi, and you gained the entangled condition as it wraps fully around you, snaking its way up your legs and beginning to try to bind your arms to your sides. Weird. The third one. Yeah, they seem to be having fun just blasting Sudi with stuff right now. Yeah, go ahead and uh, have Sudi make me a uh, will save. As she turns, looks at Sudi and screams in rage. Is this a fear effect, a fear effect, enchantment, death effect, mind affecting, uh, or going to give me some negative levels? Fear effect. Okay. Okay, I roll a 13, which gets me a 32. You seem to be good, although you do feel the magical radiating fear from that scream as it rolls over you. That brings us to two. Go two. Two, uh, two will fly his you. way forward, uh, soaring around the outside of the room, land, and now uh, eh, you know what? How big do we want to go? <laughs> Maximum Very size. Very big. Get him. Uh, so he'll land. He'll target towards the center of the room, extend a hand, and blast the center of the room with a holy smite. Nice. 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 Evil creatures in the area. They are, in fact, evil outsiders, so that's going to be 10d6 potential damage. Now, the bad news is all four of them save. Oh, Dang it. Aww. Boo. However, that is still... He rolls 38, so that's still going to be 19 points of uh, holy damage. Ooh, so there's get that. It. The longer you look at Two's little picture, the angrier he looks. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he's such <laughs> a he rage bird. He looks like you you know uh, knowledge he needs to remove out of your brain, and he's mad about it. He makes me think of Archimedes from Sword in the Stone. Like he just oh, he kind of does. I was <laughs> thinking Marahute. From two, we go to Hollis Starkweather. Oh, hey, it's me. Uh, I'm going to start by knowing stuff. Which one are you trying to know about? I'm going to start by knowing about these flying ladies. I'm going to roll really good on this with a 19. Uh, so I get a 45 to know about these things. You're aware that these are creatures known as Irenes. Ah. Although they are known by many other names, including the Fallen, the Ashwings, and the Furies. 
They mock the form of angelic hosts in their expectation of vengeance and bloody justice. They are executioners, not judges. They alight upon the bladed eaves of Dis Hell's cosmopolitan second lair, ever attentive for chances to soar into battle, whether in defense of Hell or on the whims of diabolical masters. You're aware that uh, all Ernies weave uh, deadly living ropes from their own hair, which they use in battle to lift their foes into the air, mocking and condemning their victims for their transgressions before dropping them from great heights or impelling them. Oh, they're like oh, they shrike it. Yep. Sooty, they're going to shrike you. You may ask five questions pertaining towards the Furies. Well, let's start with special defenses. Special defenses, they possess damage reduction, although knowing what overcomes their damage reduction is a separate question. They are immune to fire and poison. They are resistant to acid and cold, and they do possess spell resistance. What is their DR? They have a DR of five that can only be overcome by good aligned weapons. Ah. Oh, so good thing we have two. Let's talk about special attacks. Special attacks. Uh, first off, they have a rope. Uh, this rope is made from their own hair. It's 50 feet long, and it entangles opponents of any size as per the animate rope spell. Yeah. Uh, this is at a caster level of 16th. Wow. Wow. An Irenese can hurl its rope 30 feet with no ranged penalty. An Irenese rope functions only for the Irenese who made it and no other. Huh. Uh, in addition to that, they do have spells or spell-like abilities, although knowing what those are is a separate question. Let's go ahead and know what those are. Uh, firstly, they are under a constant effect of true seeing. Dang Secondly, it. they are able to cast fear at will, greater teleportation at will, minor image at will, and unholy blight at will. Oh. Once per day, they can summon, although you're aware that they seem to be summoned, which means that they cannot summon again. Mm. Special qualities is fine. Uh, really, the only one that's kind of pertinent here is they do have sea and darkness, hmm. which means that they can see through any darkness, even magical darkness. Isn't what I was going to do with them. Can I also know about her or do I have to wait until my next turn? Uh, you can also make a roll on her if you wish. Uh, 42 to know about her. This is a creature known as a Glylu. The Glylu are commonly referred to as handmaiden devils. Hmm. Fun! Lovely. Okay, devil. You may ask three questions pertaining towards the Handmaiden Devil. Uh, generally speaking, you are aware that they are known as Handmaiden Devil, sometimes referred to as Mothers of Pain and Maids of Miscarriage. They attend to the whims and schemes of Hell's few female overlords. They are like manipulative matrons amid decadent mortal courts. These deceivers hide their fathomless evil beneath illusions of beauty, graciousness, and tradition. They okay, particularly loathe like children. Uh, it's said that the persistent cry of a babe can sometimes cause these fiends to abandon their illusions and viciously attack. Ooh, oh. I like okay. them until that moment. Let's go with special defenses. Got to start there. Uh, first off, they possess damage reduction. Knowing what overcomes their damage reduction is a separate question. In addition to that, they have immunity to fire and poison, resistance to acid and cold, and spell resistance. Special attacks. Special attacks. Here's where it gets fun. Oh, no. They get grab automatically with their tentacle attacks. Oh, they have Secondly, they have a special attack referred to as tentacle cage. If they successfully gra <laughs> grapple a creature, they can transfer that creature into their lower body nest of cage-like tentacles. No! Oh, no! This is somewhat akin to swallow whole, uh, allowing them to hold creatures in there. Uh, any damage done to them, the tentacles heal quickly, allowing them to use this ability one round after a creature cuts itself free. Damage to the tentacles does not actually damage the creature. I don't like this one, but... Mm -hmm. Okay, that's pretty gross. They can also squeeze when someone is inside of their tentacle cage, basically steadily crushing the life out of them. In addition to that, they do have spell-like abilities, although knowing what their spell-like abilities are is a separate question. I think I'll use my third question to know their spell-like abilities. They are constantly under the effect of spider climb and true seeing. In addition to that, they may alter self at will, dispel good at will, enthrall at will, greater teleport self plus... Uh, oh. One entrapped creature. <gasps> oh, great. At will. Okay, Persistent don't image at will. Black tentacles three times per day. Charm oh. monster three times per day. And once per day, summon, summon level five, three irides. Well, okay. Great. She already did that for the day. Yeah, All right, so don't let her that. grab you with her bottom half. Did you just like <laughs> know that I bought a bunch of scrolls of greater invisibility? We're like, you know what? I'm going to screw with that. <laughs> Straight a lot from of the outsiders book. do have true seeing. Apparently, the adventure adventurer assumes you're going to use some invisibility and wants to make sure you don't. All right, so well, sad. that sucks. Hollis is going to move up next to Sudi so she can see all three of these Irenies, and I'm going to cast Lightning Arc between all of them. They get a reflex save. Nice. Uh, I am going to have to roll for their spell resistance. We want to go ahead and bounce that. We'll see what we got here. Let's see what we got for this first one. All right, the first one is a 35 to get through spell resistance. Succeeds. Oh, this one may not. 
That's a nat one on the dice. 20. 20? All right. All right. Last one is a 15 for a 34. Uh, so succeeds in getting through all of their spell resistance. Haha! So I can't fail to do that. That's good. Uh, they get nice. reflex saves. The DC uh, for get a said, 25, a 16, and a 25. Uh, the 25's pass, the 16 fails. Okay. 56 points of electricity, half for the one that saved, unless she has evasion. Very nice. The two that saved. Well, the two, sorry. Yeah, the two that saved. Lightning. <laughs> Hollis says. <laughs> <laughs> and I get some temporary hit points because I cast an evocation spell. So a fork of lightning shreds through, uh, blasting uh, the two on the outside somewhat, but the one in the center catches it on catches it full, taking us from Hollis to Citra Nahamra. Well, my plan was to get all invisible and whatnot, but that plan went out the window. I mean, it might still work on the Ernies. Did they have true seeing? Yes. Yeah, he said they yes. do. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, never mind then. Correct me if I'm wrong. You said they are all flying at the they moment. Are. I don't think the... I don't um, think this lady's gl flying. Glue gl gl Glob. Uh, she is oh. hovering at a height of five feet. Oh, she is. Okay. Well, so, I mean, she's still mm -hmm. within reach of the ground. We're, I, this, I feel like this is going to be a flying fight. We're going to have to fly to do to do this. You know what? Just because of all the uh, grappiness going on, uh, I'm going to go ahead and activate my unfettered shirt. Okay. Oh, that's smart. And then I will... Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and make sure both my kukris are out as I close in on her. So Citra goes rushing forward, tumbling past, rolling underneath the Irides and springing up opposite of the handmaiden devil. And from there we go to Masika of the Beckon. Masika will move forward. Past the wiggling Sudi. Yep. <laughs> so I'm going to cast Stormbolts. Um, they cool. all need to make a fortitude save. Mm. Nice. All right. And they all have spell resistance. They do. For the general, I get a 38. Jesus. Uh, yeah, uh, for the Irenes, I get a... 24, a 19, and a 20. Those all fail. Okay. As we've established with Hollis with a plus 19, since I think both of you have greater spell penetration. Mm -hmm. You cannot fail in the irony, so I just need you to roll for the handmaiden. Okay. Well, I roll a 14, which gets me a 33. 33 will succeed. Alrighty. Them. So, so I do 72 points of electricity damage. Nice. Gracious. Ooh. Nice. Gracious. The Aranese are stunned for one round. Nice. Uh, it doesn't matter. That kills all three of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, Narma reaches into the side pocket of Masika's uh, bag and winds up the clockwork songbird. So it'll do inspiring <laughs> anthem. Um, <laughs> everybody gets a plus one morale bonus on attack and damage rolls as long as they're within 60 feet. Nice. Nice. Uh, 30 and, feet if you're keeping it inside the bag. Yeah, it's within 30 feet. So, but that's uh, so that's the end of Masika's turn. Nice. Stand there, little bird. Don't die. From there, we go to Sudi. Remember, he looks like a little owl, and Narma yep. named him Hootie. Stand there, Hootie. Hootie <laughs> and the blowfish. Okay. Um, Hootie and the baby alligators. Oh my god. All right, I need to break these bonds. Um, does this work uh, similar to kind of other effects where there's like a break DC or something I can do? There's a straight up strength check that you can make to attempt to burst the bonds. Uh, or you can attempt big? an escape artist check. I was going to say, I'm just going to get big. Take All right. that plus four to my strength, uh, which gives me a plus ten. So here we go. Alright, and that's an eighteen, so that's a twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. will successfully burst free from Whee! the ropes as you enlarge person. Nice. Sweet. I am big. Then I have 50 feet of movement. How do I get to you? I can go all the way around her, so um, I will do so. I will provoke, though, to get into the flank with Citra. She'll go ahead and take the attack of opportunity. All right. Crank on my mobility. Looking at a 40 even. Oh, yep, that gets me. Hopefully I'm too big to be put in her octopus cage. Uh, slices you with her claws for 17 points of damage as you okay. cross across her path. I just imagine her singing Poor Unfortunate Soul. <laughs> I'm telling you, she's an Ursula. <laughs> Poor Unfortunate Soul. I mean, aren't there actually like an aquatic race that are the half like mermaid octopi people? Oh. Yeah, Instead there's also Grindylows, which are kind of close to it. Yeah, yeah, I knew about the Grindylows, but I thought there was actually like the humanoid ones that basically are Ursula, too. 
That brings us to the Handmaiden. She will... So many options. Uh, she'll start by casting in the defensive. Fail. Fail. No, that's a 36. That'll easily succeed. <laughs> bah! As she focuses, her entire skin erupts in Ew. swollen, pus-filled bumps that seem to ooze and seep as she turns, glides her way forward, provoking attack of opportunity from Sudi and Citra. She won't okay. fail to hit her. All right. Yeah, it's definitely she wants to be hit. Yeah. I roll a 12 for a 36. 36 will strike your target. Cool. Uh, I roll a 10 for a 30. A 30 will not strike your foe. Okay, I hit her for 18 points of damage. 18? Bludgeoning, if it matters. Yep, uh, go ahead and make me a fortitude save. Is this against a disease? It is not. Okay. Uh, oof, uh, that's a 9 for a 29. That does save, although as you hit her, the pustules pop spraying three points of acid damage across your arm as you retract your hand back and covering you in this foul stench. Ew. Gross. All right, that's gross. <laughs> she then soars over, gliding in and stopping adjacent I to Hall Starkweather uh, as she looms up, her tentacles balloon outwards. Ew. I'll pick it up here next time. Ah, Hollis is about to go into the tentacle cage. Baby. Tentacle cage. Yes, so creepy. Gross. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mommy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. As she turns and looks over towards all of you, you can see, you can hear Mikey singing the song of his people. What, baby? Are you sad this lady's <laughs> chained up?